Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
We praise your name, Lord. (laughs) Father, I just want to thank you so much. I just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, so, so much. Praise you, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. We want to be in your presence so bad. Please, in the name of Jesus, if there's anything, that, any chastening that we need, any refiner's fire, anything, Lord, please make it happen. Again, like I've said to you before, please, Father, if you need to burn down our houses, burn them down. Whatever it takes, let us not miss the first fruits, first watch barley harvest, no matter what. Thank you, Father, for your the unbelievable miracles that you're allowing me to experience right now, even just moments ago, as you know. Thank you so much. This has been a long 12 years. To be able to see such light at the end of the tunnel, even as even though it's kind of scary, and you get so many confirmations. We know you could call an audible at any time, but... All I can say is right at this moment, it's, un, it's absolutely astonishing. And I thank you. I praise you. And I hope it means that maybe, maybe not just, I pray that all of us, we make a barley harvest. Father, please, please help us. Make sure that we do. Please don't let us miss, Lord Jesus, please. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of us. Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, I'm going to share with you a, uh, an extremely supernatural event that just occurred moments before I started the prayer vigil. In fact, getting ready for the prayer vigil was very challenging because, you know, I have to pour my wine in my chalice and get my bread, you know, my matzah out to do the communion. And then I have to get my golden bowl and I have to anoint it with a, you know, behind the veil Exodus woolly oil blend that I get from Lindy Pierce at L-O-J-O-I-L.com that I've told you about a gazillion times, I guess, by now. But all this is, it's just amazing. I probably, I don't know, I don't know who I've told. I don't know what show I set it on, but I explained the supernatural miracle about how my job change went down. <laughs> it was so amazingly miraculous that words, it, it, words can't describe it. It is just unbelievable. But I'm going to tell you what just happened. I know I've I've told people a lot of things, you know, about the first watch key and all that, you know, on my keychain and how I ran around the house with tears in my eyes, want, saying, Holy Spirit, Lord, Father, please, somebody show me where this key fits. It's a weird looking key. It's like in the shape of a strange triangle or hexagon. Thing. It doesn't look like any other key. And it actually says the words first watch on it. And it turns out that it fits only one thing, of course, in my house which is a luggage carrier that I used to have forever strapped to the top of my car because I bought it back when I was afraid that the Deepwater Horizon oil rig was going to explode because there were certain other Christians out there telling people that it was and telling people that, you know, the Department of Homeland Security was going to put, put, you know, microchipped bracelets on all of our hands when we tried to leave the state of Florida. That's how bad it was. I'm not going to name any names. And I pray, please, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive them. Forgive them for the things that they have said. Forgive the people that they have worked with at times when I know that they weren't telling the truth. Please, just, Father, please forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them, Father, please, in the name of Jesus. Please, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All right, so I'm going to share with you yet another unbelievable supernatural event that just occurred. Now remember, before I continue, 
that our Heavenly Father calls audibles. We already know this because we've seen it in the book of Jonah. We know that he called an audible when Abraham was trying to, you know, cut Sodom and Gomorrah a break. What if it's this many, would you spare them? What if it's this many people, would you spare them? What if it's this many people, would you spare them? That's what what it means when Isaiah 43.25 says, I, this is our Father talking, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. If you look up the word to contend, it's almost like that whole thing with, uh, was it Josh or whatever, rolling around and having this like wrestling match with an angel? That's what it's like. You contend. You you go to, like Abraham, well, what if there's 50 people that are righteous? Would you spare them then? Well, what if there's 20 people that are righteous? Would you spare them then? That's contending with our father. When Moses said to our father, our father got upset with the Israelites, as you know, and he he just basically had it had it up to here. I mean, he had it up to here with them. And he was like, because all they ever did was complain, which we got to really watch ourselves, folks, because we're, we're entering into some really rough times, okay? And we might, looks like we're going to be here for a little while longer. Looks like we're going to be here possibly, you know, could, could be into 2025 a little bit. I'm going to explain to you why I, the Lord has revealed some things to me. But please, in the name of Jesus, I beg you, Remember that our Father calls audibles. So even though it says in Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord God our Father does nothing without first revealing it through his servants, the prophets. Remember what happened with Jonah. Okay? The whole reason Jonah made a run for it is because he knew our Father's mercy was so deep that when he was told to go make a proclamation against Nineveh as a prophet, he was thinking to himself, oh no, here we go again. God's going to make me look like a horse's patoot. He's going to make me go out and make a proclamation against Nineveh. And then he's going to pull back and he's going to cut him a break. You see what I'm saying? That was the whole story of the book of Jonah. So, Anyway, I even have a little, <laughs> I bought a little plastic Jonah with a whale off of Amazon. I have it sitting right beside me to remind me. <sighs> anyway, let me share this with you. This is very supernatural. I get, as as the end times events, we, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but two United States banks just collapsed today. The Silicon Valley Bank totally collapsed. People tried to make a bank run in New York City branch, and they had to call the police in. And another bank, oh, goodness gracious, I forget the name of it. It was some kind of a strange name. But another bank uh, collapsed as well. Um, let me see. I'll tell you what it is. Hold on just a second. I. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... The first bank, of course, was the Silicon Valley Bank. They had $175 billion in deposits. Can you believe that? And they just totally collapsed. And then another bank called the Crypto Silvergate Bank collapsed today. There were also major, 
I don't know what you want to call them. They were communications that were sent out from uh, Wells Fargo about transactions being wrong, about balances being incorrect. And there are also reports. Again, I haven't had any time to research it because my job went way over time today. That's a blessing. The Lord has a way. I don't know how he does it. I I don't get it. I should be falling over and collapsing. I I really should be falling over. This is the second day in in two days that I will be spending essentially 18 hours straight on this chair. Okay, so when you're looking for me in heaven, just look for the person with a Hawaiian shirt standing at the Thai buffet with a really flat, as uh, Forrest Gump would put it, buttocks. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, ha- well, goodness, he's been sitting on ch- on chairs for 18 hours straight. These chairs are actually rated to only go to like, you know, eight hours max. And there's a couple of chairs if you spend an extra $200 that you can get that'll go, you know, they're rated to go longer. It's a miracle this chair hasn't even, cr- you know, hasn't crumpled and fallen to the ground. <laughs> but anyway, praise God for that, right? Let me share with you what happened. Okay, so I've been talking on all the programs, as you know. Praise God. This is so encouraging, folks. This is so encouraging that I really think, I almost feel like the Lord's hand would come down from the heavens right through the clouds and smack me upside the head if I didn't share it right now. I've already notified everybody that talks to me on uh, Google Chat, and uh, text messages me some of the regular guests and things. Reverend Tracy Shellman, she's slipping out. Because <clears throat> now again, God could call an audible and change up, change up the game plan. But um, now remember that the see it all weaves together into a tapestry of perfect harmony, and that's one of the things that really amplifies the magnitude the the magnitude of the confirmations, okay? It it, it would be one thing to receive these confirmations on what I'm about to tell you. You get like three or four confirmations in a row from another listener of the the show. And then, of course, what happened? I'll tell you what happened in a second. but, But see, when you combine what I'm about to share with you, with what we see happening around us. They're in Ontario, Canada. Look, okay, so there's an old rule of business. You learn it in first semester business school, which I have not been to, but I am an avid book reader, and I learn a lot of stuff just from reading books. So anyway, but essentially in your first semester of business school, you learn a concept that goes something like this. If one person complains at the back counter, there's a hundred people that had the same complaint that didn't complain. So as a business owner, you need to be very sensitive to complaints. You need to listen to them and take them very seriously because you're losing customers like blood. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know, with a big, you know, you got a big, like you got shot in the stomach kind of thing. Okay, that's the business rule. Always estimate that there's a hundred people that didn't complain when one did. Okay, so that's important to know. But anyway, the reason I brought that up is because um, 
when you wrap this, when you bundle what I'm about to share with you that just got literally handed to me less than, I would say, 40 minutes before the start of the prayer vigil, and I was flipping out, um, maybe an hour before. You have to envelope it in the context of what's happening in the world right now and the timing of all those things. For example, if you, this is very encouraging, and you are going to be extremely, I hope you're going to be extremely happy like I am. I'm so encouraged right now, I literally could, if I didn't think I would get arrested, I would literally run outside in my cul-de-sac and start jumping up and down in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Of course, my neighbors already probably think I'm a total nutbag with my Jesus flags and everything in front of the house. So I don't think they would think anything unusual about that. Anyway, um, so let's look at the context, okay? The movie, now remember, when when you're growing up and you're understanding of the mysteries of the Bible, you will go through all the phases that I did. You'll think that all aliens are demons. I went through that phase. Um, you'll think all kinds of things that aren't exactly right. You'll say that all Jehovah's Witnesses are going to hell. All Mormons are going to go to hell. That's not true. Not at all. You have to grow past that. You have to grow up in Christ. You really have to understand things. You you have to realize that when Jesus gave the report cards to the seven churches in chapter 2 and 3, invariably, he always said, you did these things good, but you did these things bad. And if you don't fix this, this is the bad thing that's going to happen to you. Okay? And that rhythm, that series of did this good, did this bad, you know, the Church of Philadelphia is pretty much the only one that gets almost virtually all good good on the report card. Laodicea kind of gets all almost all bad on the report card. <clears throat> you know, he, he does say, you know, if, um, you know, uh, he does it, you know, send the message that, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> cold or hot would be better than lukewarm. <coughs> Excuse me. I had to shove another protein bar down my throat seconds before this radio show starts. I have no time to eat dinners. I have no time to eat lunch or breakfast or anything. It's just my lot in life. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, so in the movie, so when you grow past the point where you think that everything's of the devil, because remember Titus 1 verse 15 says to the pure, all things are pure. Well, that's impossible. Or is it? Because when you realize that God is ultimately in control, and it says in the scripture, I think it's Psalm one sixteen fifteen or something. No, no, that's uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. There's another one that I, I forget which one it is, but it says, uh, I will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Okay. And you might say, well, why in the world would anybody do that? You know, considering all the really unbelievably horrible things that are going to be happening in the, in the world. But when we really, truly transform into the light beings, the minor gods that we actually are as a royal priesthood over all of creation, 
with the power of Jesus Christ at our disposal. If we would only learn to trust God, stop complaining, and just really just become another version of Smith Wigglesworth, really. And that's part of the challenge. That's part of the sanctification process. That's why God is always refining, refining us. The Lord God tests the righteous. We are to praise and dance and sing praises to Jesus in the rain. The worst things, worst, the worst things become for us, the more we should be praising. As a matter of fact, there's the scriptures in Habakkuk where it says in Habakkuk 3.12 that there's no food in the, even though there's no food in the field, there's, there's no, there's nothing to eat anywhere. I will praise thee. Those scriptures are who we are in Christ in the, as part of the Godhead. We are part of the Godhead. If, if we have died and we've been crucified in Christ and it's no longer we who lives but Christ who lives in us, then who are we? See, the problem is churchianity doesn't want to talk about these things because they're afraid to have the whole congregation walk out on them and say, that person's a heretic. Because the number one accusers of the brethren who accuse the brethren both day and night are Christians. Which is why it says in John 16, 12, they will kick you, Jesus warns, and he says, they, they, the Christians, now you could say that he was talking to the Jews, but you'd be making a mistake because you have to remember that um, dispensationalism, while there is, while there are some very minor dispensations in the New Testament, it's the removal of context. See, Christians and pastors use what's known as dispensationalism to come up with reasons to explain things that they don't understand. Because they can't understand why, you know, God is all love, but would allow bad things to happen to people. It rains on the just and the unjust. I mean, it's all over the Bible. They can't understand the paradoxes. So because they can't understand the paradoxes, they say things like, well, God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, and then what they use is they, they do this thing called this. They over-exaggerate to the nth degree the concept of dispensationalism, which is basically slicing and dicing the Bible up into pieces and saying, well, Jesus was talking to only the Jews. So it's only applicable to the Jews. None of the things that Jesus said had anything to do with us. That is not true. <laughs> That's insanely not true. And a lot of the words that Jesus said when he was on the earth were extremely prophetic. And they weren't just prophetic necessarily for his time, but they were, they were also prophetic for, you know, in the 1200s and the 1500s and the 1700s. And you see what I'm saying? Over long, long thousands of years. Now we're at the very, very end of time. I mean, we're so close to leaving the earth right now. It is, it's unbelievable. I mean, I will admit openly that I, when I'm not on the program, have had historically a tendency for depression. It's multifaceted because I've got, I'm not complaining, I'm just saying the way it is. I've got to take care of an entire house by myself, two dogs by myself, I've got to wake up very early in the morning and I have to spend time with the Lord in the secret place of the Most High because I long for it. Um, 
So my average sleep period is 4.5 hours at best. Once in a blue moon, God will allow me to get a little bit more sleep. My job, even though it's a new job and it's a wonderful job and it's a blessing from the Lord and allows me to keep on doing the ministry work and stuff, is let's just say they're finding me out and there are very high up people that are asking me to do things that are like really important to the company kind of stuff. Anyway, it it's all good. This is all good stuff. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, not, no complaints here. I'm just saying that it's, you know, I have to just get used to 18-hour days sitting on one chair, <laughs> reaching behind me and grabbing out a little Quest, uh, you know, bar and eating it. And that's my whole day's worth of food. Um, except like on the weekends. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I do have a tendency. I think we all have a you know, we're all, we all battle the flesh, and we have our different things that we struggle with, right? That would be normal, and that would certainly be 100% scriptural. If we, if we weren't, if we didn't have those things happen in our lives, and by the way, thank you, Sister Vera, for the sound check, because uh, Brother Justin, who also helps out with that, uh, was not available tonight. God bless you for that. I did think you were going to make it. But anyway, we, we all have things. Now, you may you may be someone, and God bless you, you know, I, I have, I'm not passing judgment, I'm just using an example. You may be someone who feels in your heart that you don't have any issues, that you just walk around and you're happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. You know, that's fine. If that's the type of personality that God made you out to be, then, well, then God has blessed you so much. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many, if any, I have met. I mean, it even warns us. Jesus even warns us in the scripture, you know, when the when you see the end coming near or something like that. I'm totally paraphrasing, and I wish I had the scripture handy, but I don't. But he says something along the lines of don't be going out and getting drunk and beating up on your slaves because you will be, you know, given your lot with, you know, the people that are going to be sent to hell, essentially. So, but anyway. So in my flesh, I struggle because when you're uh, when you're exposed. I, if I had, oh my gosh, I know so many people, and God bless their hearts, but they will like one in, people I know pretty well, and I've talked to a lot over the years, and they'll say things which make complete sense to me, and I've even said it to other people too as well. I believe in it. Is that we got to unplug once in a while? Now, ideally, when you unplug you'd want to spend a good amount of that time in praise and worship because that will that's very very beneficial and it will amplify the positive emotion engine inside of you and i you know you could say well it's an anointing from the holy spirit amen probably is uh no doubt i would say that it is um but i'm just saying that I'm trying to understand, you know, I'm trying to weave in the humanness of Jesus, which was very ever-present while he was walking on the earth. The humanness of Jesus. He was God, 1 Timothy 3.16, come in the flesh, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, received up in the glory. Okay, you understand? So he had the same flesh issues that all of us have. 
And some of those issues are just thoughts that enter our heads that we allow to fester. You know, there's one person that I care for very much. I'm not going to mention any names, but she's in a situation where she's directly affected by the things that are going on in the Ukraine. And she gets furious, exceedingly angry. Not at the Russian Federation. She's mad at what's going on from Zelensky's side of things because she understands how unbelievably evil what's going on over there is. And she knows it so well because she's run away as a little girl from Nazis, real Nazis, Heil Hitler, Viva la Ukraine. With the Nazi, I mean, these are real Nazis, real ones, just right out of World War II. And um, she had to run for her life many times from them because they wanted to kill her. So anyway, but she gets real angry. And so I, I console her, and I'm like, listen, we're getting ready to leave. We're getting ready to leave real soon. Your citizenship is in heaven. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Demons are making them do what they do. Forgive them and live in love and peace. And she's always like, thank you. I needed to hear that. But we need to, like the scripture says in James, I think it's the first part of James chapter 5, verse 6. It says something like, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this, so please forgive me. But it's something, it, you know, <sighs> forsaketh not the fellowship of the brethren, especially when you see the end coming near, or something along that line. Well, I really think, I, I really think that those scriptures, that that part of James 5, and it, it reads a little differently than that, but, you know, I guess I haven't looked at all the different translations, but I suspect some of them are very close to what I said. But anyway... The point is this, is that there comes a point in the end times where all bets are off, with, with the exception of what the Bible says. And you are in, Jesus warned us, he said, you know, you will see wars and rumors of wars, you, you know, pestilence and famine and, uh, you know, signs in the sun and the moon and the star seas roaring, uh, you know, just uh, you're going to have many false prophets will rise up and say, uh, you know, here is Jesus, but don't go there, don't follow them because the end is not yet. I'm doing this all from memory, by the way. You know, maybe it's the Holy Spirit helping me out. Who knows? Maybe I just happen to have a good memory moment at the moment. I have no idea. I don't like, you know, just sharing. Well, so you've got, we know that we have the problem, the challenge as part of the body of Christ with the seven mountains mandate people, because they actually believe that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take over Hollywood and education and the federal government and every, they have seven pillars of, you know, and we all know that's not true. It's never going to happen. They believe they're hearing from God. They actually will go and say, I just met with Jesus this morning, and Jesus told me this. Jesus told me that. I even brought one, one of them on the show one time because I was like, wow. Um, you know, because my assumption, because they're the pure, all, all things are pure, my assumption was that maybe what she's saying, you know, maybe she is meeting with Jesus. This is awesome. This, is, this could be some really awesome, cool news. What I didn't know was the track record, 100% incorrect every single time. 
I don't know how many times that a person can meet with Jesus the day before and come back and be incorrect immediately after the meeting. I've actually asked my sister that, who happens to love some of these people dearly, and thinks they're unimpeachable. And I'm, I'm like, and then I just say to myself, the Lord just places it upon my heart, leave her alone. Because you're never going to change your mind. She's always going to think what she wants to think. And I'm not going to get into, you know, we just have to have a special discernment because we're very, very privileged. We don't even realize how privileged we are. I assure you of that. Because I'm about to share with you what happened to me 40 minutes before I started this program. Okay, so let me go over to my supernatural tab in my OneNote. Okay, so um, as the day was coming to a close, my work day, which ran over about an hour, which of course exacerbates trying to be ready for a radio show, and dealing with a massive supernatural event, um, one of the things that I tried to do periodically throughout the day, here, here and there, is check my, I have a personal email account that uses my regular, you know, my, my normal uh, birth certificate name, which, by the way, my last name actually means in German, the caller of time. You know, the people in, in back in the 1600s and stuff that would go around and light the actual candles that were street lights, they would say things as they were lighting them. They would go like, eight o'clock and all is well. And then they go down to the next street light, light the candle, eight o'clock or 8.01 and all is well. That's called a time caller. My last name is actually in German, the caller of the time. But I can't use it on this program because I would be unemployable. <laughs> But, you know, our Heavenly Father is going to give us new names when we get to heaven. And I don't know how that works. But, hey, you know, it isn't like I'm going to say, oh, come on, Father. I wanted to be called Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, and we also know how fa our Father changed names. You know, Jacob, Jacob, Israel, all that kind of stuff all throughout the Old Testament. So you, you, you kind of get it. So... Um, you know, he might call me Meathead, which, by the way, would probably be a really good fit. Um, so here's what happened. Here's a supernatural event that occurred literally just minutes before the show. So I periodically jump in on my jbaptist777 Gmail account throughout the day, here and there. Maybe I'll take a look at 10. Maybe I'll take a look at 12 at lunch, which when I get to grab my protein bar and get ready for the next meeting. Um, maybe I'll look at 3. Or maybe I'll wait until after five. Because I have to manage the J Baptist email account is used for the ministry work, you know, the, the radio shows. And it, boy, oh boy, you know, because I've got people that help because they want to, they want to help. They want to help. They want to help because they want, because they have love in their hearts and they, they want to help. And they're wonderful people. I'll just leave it at that. And in their effort to help, I get – they help me with finding and collecting apocalyptic news. And one of them is incredible, and she sends me hundreds. In three days' time, she can send 200 emails. 
Now, I have no time to read all those, so I have to quickly cherry-pick through them just before the show and say, okay, this one's pretty scary. This one, not so much, not so much, not so much, not so much, not so much. This one is really scary. So I have to – and then on top of that, I also use my finely tuned Twitter feed because the first place you're going to hear news, apocalyptic news, long before it makes it on any media outlet or website, is Twitter. Believe it or not. And let me tell you something. The vast majority of the people do not understand where we are. They have no idea that we're that close to leaving. They have no idea. They're complete. They see everything except how far and deep into the end times that we actually are. They, They just don't make the Bible connection to everything that's happening right now. And it blows my mind. But little by little, the Lord is calming me down and helping me to just say, look, you know, don't even bother to make a comment on here because nobody's reading it. Or there may be a very rare occasion when somebody reads it and then, they, then I'll get this message that says that they're following me. But I don't really use Twitter for anything but throwing up radio shows. But I have made a couple of comments because – my fuse blew. <laughs> I don't mean in a negative way. It was just that I was reading what they were saying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. You were like nanoseconds away from getting it. And I just throw my – and then when I go and look at all the comments, I'm like, there's got to be 300 comments here. That individual isn't going. But Laura, Lauren Bobert, who was – you know, when she was running for her office in Denver as a Republican House member, it was a very close race. She barely made it. But the whole time she was waiting for the results to come in, she was like all over Twitter saying, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And I was like flipping out because, you know, somebody says praise Jesus. You know, that captures my attention big time. So anyway, but I thought to myself, these people don't have time to read 200 comments. They're not looking at my stuff. Maybe some of the other commenters are. Maybe it's helping a couple people here and there. I don't know. So I've got these extremely cutting-edge news pieces that are just breaking or haven't even made it into any website or any news source at all. And I get those from my finely tuned Twitter feed. I knew that the Federal Trade Commission was coming after Elon Musk, I mean, the day it happened, long before anybody else found out. So... um and I actually read the order. I've seen them before. I'm not going to get into that. Now, let's look at the context. Let's get back to the point here. I want to share this with you because I could ramble on forever about these things because let me tell you something. My life is so supernatural right now. I'm about to flip out. I'm about to shave my head, put on orange, and take carnations over to the airport. I'm flipping out. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, um, my greatest fear is to look at my age. 61 in a few more days, five more days from now, I'll be 61 and realize that I've been acting exactly as someone would act if they were absolutely positive that Jesus was coming back in before they retired. And I've been like this for like forever. Now, you know, when I was younger and seeped in sin, dripping in sin and living the once saved, always saved woohoo life. 
I still had supernatural things happening to me all the time. I won't get into them all, but I, but let's look at the context of what we got here. So when you when you grow past the earlier stages of your growth, and I've used the analogy about the ladder needs to be, you know, you can be in the Amazon forest, but that ladder that you're climbing up to get to the Lord and his point of view, which is part of critical thinking skills and scriptural analysis, you've got to get really, really high up on the ladder to be able to get it. You know, you need all the pieces of the puzzle. You need to understand that the scriptures are, they transcend time and space. They transcend the earth, okay? So a lot of the scriptures are not talking about things that are going to happen on the earth. They're talking about things that are going to happen in eternity. I've had, there's so many examples. I could have so many examples. So when when you start to spiritually discern the word, everything changes. And now it has total harmony from the very first verse to the very last verse. But along that journey, the Lord does have to reveal certain mysteries like the stuff in Genesis 1 and Genesis 1 being a cycle of regeneration. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth that the Lord God Yahweh Elohim created when he created the heavens and the earth. God is going to destroy the earth and the heavens and God is going to rebuild the earth and the heavens. Why in the world would he bother to do that? Does that make any sense to anybody? All right. Makes total sense to me, but that's only because I've been writing the mystery Bible thing for a really long time, for 12 years. And I had that whole time I was being refined, taken behind a barn, getting my butt beat. I mean, I've been through it all, folks. I have been through it all. And because of that, I have, I'm, believe me, my spirit is as contrite and tear filled as you can get. I feel. When, when Jesus used the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee and said, you need to be like the tax collector to make it into heaven, I don't even have to try. <laughs> okay? I know I am so utterly, absolutely, unbelievably unworthy that that's why I, I'm constantly crying. It's not because I'm a big ball baby. It's because I, I can't believe God has been so kind to me, and especially, I mean, I'm not going to get into the details, but let me just tell you. So anyway, this is, this is uh, what happened. Wait a minute. Your device will restart to update outside of the active hours. The estimated time is in approximately two hours. So it's approaching, so that would be eight no, 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 no. My, my, my computer is going to reboot in the middle of the prayer vigil. That's just great. I, you know, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know what? I'll tell you. Honest to goodness, I just want to get a plane ticket, fly out to Redmond, Washington, and hunt Bill Gates down and just smack him into the next dimension. But anyway, that's I, – I, anyway, I can't believe I'm seeing this right now. It says that they're estimating two hours before, so I better keep the mouse cursor moving, so maybe it'll, like, override the... Wait a minute. Your device will restart to update outside the active hours. The estimation... I read it wrong. The estimation is in two minutes. Oh, come on! Okay, I'm going to tell you this very quickly, and then if I get rebooted, I, I don't know what I can do. Um, Because that whole rebooting process will take a long time. 
All right. It may kill the prayer vigil, and that really upsets me. But anyway, nevertheless, i got to get this out to you, please, because you will be so encouraged. If this is the shortest prayer vigil I ever do, it is going to be a happy prayer vigil because I'm going to share this supernatural miracle with you. All right. I got my communion stuff. Everything's out. I'm ready to go for three hours. And look, it's telling me it's going to reboot. All right. Now, listen to this. So anyway, I'm going through all of these emails that I get with news, news, apocalyptic news. And I forward it over to the radio show folder because I got to go through it to, to prepare for the Sunday radio show. Long story short, I see one that says that Donald Trump was a time traveler, came from a brother named Scott. All right. Uh, I thought, OK, that's kind of silly. Do I really want to look at that? And for some reason, I looked at it. All right. So anyway, um, then I, I did look at it and I started – it was only a six-minute video, so I started to watch the six-minute video. And right in the middle of the six-minute video, it talked about Trump, Donald Trump's lineage and how it went back into the 1800s and da 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 It was like mapping out his lineage. Well, as it was doing this, it talked about a book that was written in 1896. I actually have a snapshot of the book. I downloaded a copy of it. I have it now. And in that book, I'm going to read this to you. It says, the last president was the name of it. It was called Barron's Trump Novels, quote, The Last President, which was written in 19, or 1896. Barron Trump of the book is – I'm reading the synopsis from the book, okay? Barron Trump of the book is prone to getting in trouble. He often mentions how huge his brain is. He, ha he, he has a personalized insult for people that he meets, and he lives in a Castle Trump, Trump Tower. The last president, the final novel in this edition, is more of a dystopian Orwellian novel than it is a children's book that tells how the downfall of the American Republic is brought about by the election of this populist president. Did you hear what I just read to you? The last president, Donald Trump. Now, I will share this with different Christians, and depending on who they are, they will have different responses. Some will flip out and go, yay, and they'll start dancing around. Hallelujah. I get it. I get that. However, when I sent that information to one of the listeners of the program, his name is Jim, Jim started to do some looking into things, and he said, what is today's date? He subtracted 1896 from today's date, because that was the, the date that I was given this information. And he found out that it was exactly 127 years. Well, he, he opens up his thesaurus to page 127. Please don't let me run out of time, Father. And, um, and, uh, and on page 127 of his thesaurus, I joke you not, it says vanity. Vanity, vanity, self-centeredness, ego, everything that we know that Donald Trump is. That's why he attacks DeSantis and acts like a three-year-old all the time. All right. So anyway, I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, Jim doesn't stop there, you see. He goes on because the uh, Lord is just dropping confirmations in this guy's lap like it's raining in his living room. He looks at the book and discovers that the book has 324 pages in it. Then he looks up Strong's Old Testament, Strong's OT 324, and the word is Presidents and princes. Presidents and princes. Strong's OT324. I didn't believe it. I looked it up myself. Sure enough, right there it was. <laughs> Presidents and princes. I'm like, okay, this is really getting 
like, wowie, you know, kind of hard to believe. I've had a lot of supernatural confirmations before, but this one's ranking up in the top five. So anyway, um, so then Jim sends me another text and he says, I was just telling Debbie, that's his wife, about the last president, and look what was on my TV. He was able to quickly pull out his cell phone, snap a picture of his TV, and it's Donald Trump standing behind a black Chevy, a black Chevy uh, sedan or um, SUV. Right at the exact moment he was telling his wife about this. He sent all of these back to back to back within probably less than three minutes' time just before I started scampering around the house trying to get the prayer vigil up and ready to go. All right, praise God. Um, op- open settings to adjust your active hours and whether you want reminders. Hmm. All right, hold on just a second. Let me see if I can do that. Open settings. Go to Windows Update. Um, oh, boy. Um Oh, yeah, look at that. No way. Schedule a restart. And I'm going to schedule it for 12 a.m. tonight. Schedule. No. Yeah, it says tomorrow. I'm going to reschedule it. Oh, goody. It took it. (laughs) Praise God for that. Pulled a lucky four-leaf clover, Holy Spirit four-leaf clover out of my left arm. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay, so um, I wanted to share that with you because now let's take that supernatural. Okay, so we got, let's see, one, two, three separate confirmations from Brother Boyer and his wife. I wasn't even going to look at the video. So right there, the fact that I even did is mind-numbing. It really is. But I opened it up and I started to watch it. And right there it was. And then I read the book synopsis, and I was like, I couldn't believe what I was reading. So anyway, um, does this mean for sure? Well, God calls audibles, right? So, but at this moment in time, it surely does seem. Now think about this. Remember that when the pandemic, when the pandemic. Oh, by the way, just so you know, the word is out. Now, even Redacted is, has a special out talking about how the COVID thing came from the Pentagon, from the United States Department of Defense. The, so basically, we know this because, of course, we, we all watched the PlandemicSeries.com a long, long time ago, didn't we? We got to hear Judy Mikovitz's uh, testimony and how her life was destroyed because she dared to stand up against Fauci and these other entities, and they utterly destroyed her life, ruined everything for her. I mean, she had to start her life completely all over again, Dr. Judy Mikovitz. And she told people, she said, it came out of Fort Detrick, which is where the United States continues to do bioweapons work. So the information's been out there for years, but very few people will watch it because of all the censorship. Now they're all using a new term. We all know about the military-industrial complex, right? That was an Eisenhower quote. Then later it morphed, it changed slightly into the military-industrial-extraterrestrial complex. 
because people started to become wise that the military-industrial complex had a lot of ETs, otherworldly beings, involved in it. Almost certainly fallen angelics of various species. Um, because the benevolent species that are out there that, whatever, they don't, they don't monkey or they don't get involved. They stay away. Which is surprisingly like the Star Trek Federation non-interference directive. Which doesn't surprise me because Gene Roddenberry was meeting with Phyllis Schlemmer who would talk to the fallen angelic beings while they were in their spaceships. <laughs> okay? So, um, and with Gene Roddenberry right there in the room. So he was getting straight from the horse's mouth. Okay, anyway. Now look, so because we climbed up higher on the ladder, we now we can see the canopy of the Amazon. But that's all we can see. We can see that there's a big, giant Amazon rainforest beneath us. Then we climb up higher up on the ladder because we want to get as far up and close to God on our ladder of understanding as we possibly can because that's how much we love him. We, we want to understand as much as we can even have the capacity to understand that we're hungry for him. So we keep on climbing up and hopping up and up and up, and then eventually we get so far above the canopy of the Amazon that we can see the Pacific Ocean on the other side of Chile and Peru. And we can see the curvature of the earth. I had to throw that in there. Couldn't resist. But the point is, the that's kind of like, a I think, a pretty good analogy of how our sanctification process works and how if we pursue God and his mysteries, and I, I mean actively pursue, and I can tell you that a lot of very anointed people who I know and love dearly are stuck where they're at. They, they're receptive to the information, but they're very doubtful. And that's okay. We're all different, you know? Um, many of us become doubtful because we've been let down so many times. I've been let down a lot of times. That's why I always say God can call an audible. He might change his mind. But boy, this is an awful lot of confirmations. And they didn't come like spread apart two months at a time and stuff like that. They came bam, 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 right before the prayer vigil started. While I was stuffing a Quest protein bar in my mouth. All right, now let's look at it contextually in the in the midst and wrapped in a bundle of earthly events, okay? What do we know? Well, as we climb up higher on the ladder to the pure, all things are pure, Titus 1.15, we get to that place, and I'm just using this as a type of an analogy, we get to a place where to the pure, all things really are pure because we understand it through, because it says in like Isaiah 26 verse 9, I think, it says, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. See, and when people learn righteousness, that's a glorious thing. And all the angels in heaven are, you know, saying, praise God. It, when one sinner, you know, repents, right? So can you imagine what happens when a whole lot of them repent during the end times? Because, of, okay, you, you get it, right? 
So you so you finally get to this place in your walk where to the pure all things really are pure because you understand that God's righteous judgments are what ultimately leads the vast majority, the largest number of people will be brought to righteousness in the days of the darkness ahead of us. And heaven will be rejoicing because God doesn't want anybody to perish. That's an example of to the pure. All things are pure. I will rise and give praise to you at midnight, Father God, because of your righteous judgments. You look out your window and you see, you know, the distant glow of a nuclear bomb that has gone off, thankfully far enough away that you're not going to get hit with any of the fallout. And you're looking out there and you just praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's kind of like a Sodom and Gomorrah thing, really, when you think about it. By the time those nukes goes off, God already knows his people. He knows who, who belong to him. Which, which, by the way, kicks in Isaiah 57, verse 1. The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart, that merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous are taken away from evil. To the, Christ, to the good Christians, the anointed ones, the, the, the ones who are truly practicing holiness and righteousness, he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous, First John 3, 7. Practicing righteousness means that you're, you don't get it right all the time. So, now, all that being said, now, when you get up high enough on that ladder keeping in mind that God does call audibles, and you start to see all these things stitching together into a tapestry like a movie, when you're aware that the, the, the scrolls are in a process of rolling out, and they are rolling out in parallel. So my theory earlier on that Jesus would come along and snap all the seals on the scrolls, but the actual events are embedded inside the scrolls so they can roll out in parallel. Looks like it's, I mean, we already see evidence of it everywhere. So did that come from the Holy Spirit? Well, I guess it must have. I, I don't know, unless I just had a sanctified imagination moment at the moment. I don't know. Is it a combination of all of the above? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't like to take credit for anything. I just kind of want to ride the Jesus wave and keep on trying as hard as I can to get where I need to be to make that first watch. Because just because I had my supernatural experience doesn't guarantee me diddly. I can dork it up just as good as anybody can. So when you get high enough on that ladder, you come to a place where you realize that all aliens are not demons. That there are trillions of civilizations all throughout the galaxies. You understand that there are multiple timelines, and you understand that we're, we are actually living in a hologram. You start to get the idea of why God would destroy the heavens and the earth and then recreate the heavens and the earth. You start to realize that there's a reason for this cycle of events, that we're not the only pebbles on the beach. But you know what? At first, when you're kind of a baby-ish Christian, when you first are presented with that information, you tend to reject it because you want to be the only pebble on the beach. Your desire, because of your flesh, makes you want to be 
the only sons of God in the entire universe. Even the Bible says that that's not true, because in Job it says, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Those are sons of God. So, but there's something, we have egos, and it's part of our flesh. So that anybody in churchianity is going to look at you like a crazy screaming Mimi, and they're going to think you're absolutely nuts, which is why in John 16, 2, Jesus said they will kick you out of the synagogues, the churches. Yes, there will come a time that they even kill you and think that they have done God a service. But they do this because they do not understand the Father nor me. They don't know the Father nor me. If we know the love of Jesus, if we know the love of the Father, if we are practicing and walking in the love of Jesus and the Father, we, don't, we would never do that. It's the farthest thing from our mind. We throw away our pepper spray. We throw away our stun guns. We know that that is putting trust in earthly weapons, which we are not even, you know, Second Corinthians 10.5 says, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not earthly, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when we understand who we are, a royal priesthood, that we're operating in the courts of heaven, you know, all that, you know, that which is bound on earth is bound in heaven, that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. What's that all about? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, First Peter 2.9. I mean, when you put all this stuff together, it's like, wow, this is amazing. Now, let's go back to the context thing. Once you get up high enough on that ladder of understanding to the pure, all things are pure, you realize, unlike you do in, as you're climbing the ladder, you will get to a place on the ladder where you, you will blame it all on what, a concept known as lesser magic, which is what the Druids used to do. It's where the trick-or-treat thing came from. The Druids were the, the Druids uh, in, in the, the Gaelic uh, parts of Scotland and stuff like that were some really super creepy... I mean, they were so satanic. They would kill babies and do all kinds of horrible things. But anyway, um, one of the things is, so without getting into all that, all the druid stuff, there's this concept called lesser magic where part of the trick-or-treat thing that the druids would do is, and I'm not saying they walked up to the door and knocked on it and said trick-or-treat, but they would, because I don't really know enough details about all that. I'd have to go back and restudy it, and quite frankly, I don't care. What I care about is what I'm sharing with you right now because it's super exciting. Because what, what, what should we want more than anything is to be with Jesus, right? Especially seeing what the, the black walls closing in on us rapidly right now. So when you get high up enough in the ladder to the, to the pure, all things are pure, you start to see things that you didn't see before. And one of the things that you see, thing that Christians quickly embrace, because they're just, you know, a hundred rungs on the ladder lower than you have been blessed to be brought to. And I was there, I think many of us were, where you come to this point where it's, all of this is lesser magic. We're being programmed by the movies. We're being conditioned by the movies. It's a form of mind control, you see. That's a rung on the ladder. It's a place, it's a viewpoint that has a little bit of a foundation of truth to it. It is a practice. Lesser magic is a practice. Revealing what you're going to do someone in a form of Illuminati code speak. Um, however you communicate that to your pending victim is irrelevant. 
there's some in that world of satanic behavior to them it's like you know it's almost like God put down the same requirement on Lucifer or Satan, the devil, the beast, or whatever you want. You know, the uh, dragon is what, what I was looking for. The It's almost as if God, you know, surely the Lord God does nothing without first revealing it through his servants and prophets, right? So like, and God can't reveal everything because if he reveals, reveals everything, he gives the devil a, a, an advantage, so the, we know there are massive kingdom dynamics in play always, almost like a cat and dog thing between our Heavenly Father and Satan. It's like a – anyway, without getting into all that analysis because that, that just goes on forever. Um, there's a Chuck Misler teaching about that, and it's actually quite good. Um, but let's look. So when you get high enough on the ladder, you, you now you start to look at the movies as prophetic. Now, granted, in order – one of the methods that Hollyweird uses to keep the Christians from learning through the movies that are prophetic is one of their methods is they will make it either incredibly violent or they will just have an awful lot of F-bombs in it. And, of course, this naturally repulses those of us who really don't want to be exposed to that stuff. However, in the capacity that the Lord has ordained me to, uh, whatever, be active in, this radio show, warning people, giving them extremely cutting-edge information as soon as it breaks, long before it makes it into any of the newspapers, Um. That's my lot in life. So for me, I have to pray. I have to like cleanse and purify my mind. I part of my prayers when you know between me and the Father, our Father, please in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will cleanse and totally purify the language centers of my mind. Because in an effort to be able to keep people appraised of the prophetic information in some of these movies, I have no choice but to expose myself to that stuff. But I pray around it. I know how to use spiritual warfare tactics. The Father helps me, and I get through it. For example, a lot of people don't... There was a uh, movie recently, and I believe it's still available on Prime, called Utopia. And it is loaded with unbelievable violence that would repel any decent Christian. But I had to watch it. And when they capture, capture the villain who is uh, essentially the Bill Gates of today, the Dr. Fauci slash Bill Gates inventor of the vaccine that everybody was clamoring to get. They were pushing each other down. It was, it was like they wanted that vaccine so bad. But when the heroines of the movie... See, I'm giving you all the good the good inside information without you having to subject yourself to the stuff I had to subject myself to get it. But when the heroines of the movie capture the 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 Dr. Fauci Bill Gates person who is the vaccine creator, did them now they had taped them all up and they were threatening to do bad things to him if he didn't come clean. And he did. He came clean and he explained to them that the number one purpose of the vaccine was to cause 
the population of the world to be enabled to have babies for at least three generations. Well, I don't know how much aware of you are of the VAERS database information, but one of the number one things, if not the single number one thing, that the vaccine has as a consistent side effect in virtually 100% of the women that it's been injected into, with maybe the exception of those who were protected by our Heavenly Father. Because you've got to remember what the scripture says. We will ingest anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt us. That's from Mark 16, 16, 17, and 18. It says, uh, the, the, it doesn't use the word ingest, it says drink, but that is an inappropriate translation of the actual word. If you use your enhanced Strong's Dictionary, you will understand quickly that it means anything that gets inside of our body that is alien to our body and, or our health. And just please also remember this. Don't eat any food nowadays without blessing at first. I'm guilty. I forget. I'm so in a hurry to get back to the next meeting at work. I'm like stuffing a protein bar. I'm running downstairs. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll be blessed to be able to have some you know, something I cook in a crock pot. But nowadays, they're injecting hundreds of millions of these mRNA shots into chicken, beef, vegetables, everything. They're trying. They're doing everything they possibly can to get us all having that strange spike protein inside of us. Now, remember, though, as long as we say, Father... Thank you for this food. Father, We I pray in Jesus' name that you will bless every bite of this food. Um, you want to do that. Okay, I'm just letting you know in advance. Now, especially now. And don't forget. Or if you do forget, remember after you ate it and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will bless the food that I have just eaten. But make sure that our Father blesses it. And Anyway. So in the movie They Live, which is highly prophetic, it basically has these reptilian beings that are all over the place. But, but the guys, the heroines of the, of the movie, had to wear these special sunglasses to be able to see them. And when they saw all the reptilian beings around them, they were like, oh my gosh. And hence was the plot of the movie. Okay, highly prophetic. L.V. Zapata, when he was taken into the Great Tribulation, said that there will be people in your own neighborhood. Now, none of us are going to be here for that, but I'm just saying there were, there were people, he saw it with his own eyes, people in neighborhoods that were coming out of their houses because they were no longer human. They were reptilians. They look like regular people to us now, but they're not, which is, you know, the parable of wheat and the tares. So the movie they live with the special sunglasses, they go at the very end of the movie, they walk into this big hotel, there's this big conference room, and believe it or not, it's full of elites, global trillionaire elites, just like the ones that are at the World Economic Forum in Davos 2023, right? And the man at the podium says, we will... Something along the line is, we will have this all in place by 2030. Now, that movie they live was made in the 80s. Why do you suppose they said 2030? Did you know that the World Economic Forum continuously during their discussions 
are very open about the fact that they have a target go-live date for their global reset of 2030. They've said it publicly many times. 2030. Right now, to add a little bit more of the context, and this is some creepy stuff, and hardly anybody is aware of this. I'm just letting you know. I have very Christian friends that I talk to on occasion over in California or wherever that I used to work with. Very Christian friends. But they don't know. And I show them the stuff, and they're like flipping out. One of them, her name is Jody. I showed her the videos of the Walmarts where they're putting all the food behind locked store. I don't know what you call them. They they look like refrigerators, but they're not not all refrigerated. But they're all locked. They're all lockable. And above each one of them, they have a facial scanning sensor. That's so they can put the social credit scoring system, the ESG social credit scoring system. Plus, you have the all while that's happening. And by the way, it's happening in London. It's happening in Ontario, Canada. So what? let's apply the business rule. If one person complains, there's probably a 100 others that haven't. So if we know through video evidence that this is happening at the Walmart food stores in the United Kingdom, and in Ontario, what is the reasonable assumption that it's happening in hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of Walmarts all over the world right now? Now, that the World Economic Forum is not so terribly concerned much about the United States. It is, to some degree, they hate Donald Trump. That doesn't necessarily mean Donald Trump is perfect. That's, that's all beside the point. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is serving the Lord that's, and doing what he wants me to do and walking in his presence and spending time in the secret place of the Most High. That's it. And trying to keep my act together so I don't flip out. But you know what? The thing about it is if you're, if you're exposed to so much negativity and under – incredible pressure on your job all the time, and then you got to do the radio shows and all the other stuff that comes along with it when you live by yourself for 12 years. Let me tell you something, folks. That'll come down heavy on you. Your flesh will be negatively affected. When you have your private time on a, on a given day on the weekend, you're, you're going to be, it's going to get to you. It's going to get to you hard. And since for some reason the Lord has put me in a uh, supermax prison, <laughs> kind of like a prisoner of grace on steroids kind of thing. Um, it is what it is. I got to deal with it. I'm alone. That's how it is. And I got to, you know, you help. I got to seek God with all my heart to correct any weaknesses that I have. And it's constant. It's a very hard thing to go through. I I could give you pages of stuff that. Most people, particularly, no, I'm not going to get into the details. Anyways, so anyway, so let's take a look with, at more context. The Walmarts are being outfitted with locking doors. The um, uh, economic, social, and uh, governance ESG scoring system is being pushed out like crazy. There are even tech schools training people to become ESG officers and companies. Um, the 
Securities and Exchange Commission is going to push and force publicly traded companies to embrace and implement ESG. Get this, the Lord showed me just this morning that the company that I am doing a consulting engagement with, with my new company, is one of the ESG companies. I can't get away from it. It's everywhere. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, when you hear about the new car, the new Camaro, you know, the, the new 2023 Camaro, and it's like the neatest looking Camaro that has ever been created, but you've never seen it. So you, you don't even know. People are talking about it, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a car person, but I, it's a great analogy. Once you see your first 2023 Camaro and you go, wow, what's that? And you realize it's the new 2023 Camaro. Every time you drive down the road, you see another one and another one and another one and another one. Once your eyes are open to it, the cat's out of the bag and you're seeing them everywhere. Now, that same thing works with uh, you know, central bank digital currencies. That's where they are going to turn all of our money, all the stuff that you have in your Roth IRAs, all the stuff that you have in your 401k, all the money that you are getting from the government and your SSI, all that's going to be turned into global, I'm sorry, central bank digital currencies. They're going to create, it's, they're going to electrify all of it. You, can't, you will never be able to go and withdraw $50 in cash because nobody will take cash. And they will take ownership of your money including you on SSI or on some sort of a pension, they're going to digitize all of the money and then they are going to penalize you and control you with it. So when your ESG score goes down because you eat a little bit too much beef on a Saturday, they're going to know. Now, how could they know? Well, the interesting thing about central bank digital currencies is that they will be able to track every single thing that you spend money on. And if any of that stuff is outside of their realm of okie-dokie, you're going to take a hit on your score. And right now they're impl they have this in China, and as I've told you before, because I've seen the videos of these people that would try to open up the front door of their office building to go to work and they couldn't get in because their phone turned all red. They triggered the social score engine somehow. And, they, and the one guy that was being interviewed in China he was like, He's, he's like, I have no idea what I did. You can't eat, can't feed your kids, can't call your wife, and there you sit on the sidewalk. You are essentially homeless. The only thing is the that you got is the clothes on your back. One person who lived in China for a while said the strangest thing I noticed was when I left China, how odd it was to carry a wallet. That's why China is in bed with Hunter Biden, the Biden family, and all of these creepy, shape-shifting entities from the bowels of Sheol that are, have taken over and infested this government in the United States of Babylon the Great. They're all in bed with China because China is the poster child for all things global reset. An official from China was heard telling a, a crowd of several thousand people in a conference room while Trump was still in the presidency, do not worry because we have it under control. That president is going to be removed and we will put one of our guys in, referring to Biden.
So now you have that anchor, that timeline anchor of 2030. Well, I say to myself, well, I'm going to be 61 in five days from now. So I do the math and I say, let's see, it's 2023 now. Let's go to 2030, 2023, 2024, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 61 times 7. I'll be 68. I don't even, I can hardly focus my eyes half the time when I try to sit down to do my job in the morning. Some some mornings I really struggle. I mean, I actually have to hold a magnifying glass up in front of my laptop to be able to even read it. So anyway, you know, how long I can keep on going, I don't know. I mean, by the grace of God. Um, that's all beside the point. So you got this, this 2030 date that's just been... It's, it's, in the, it's, it's prophetically in the movie they live about shape-shifting reptilians and elites taking over the world, made in the 80s. And they say 2030, in the end of the movie. Come on, what's that all about? And then the World Economic Forum, 20-plus years later, no, it's like almost, yeah, it's more than 20 years, 37 years later, is saying the same thing, 2030, for the global reset. Facial scanning sensors are in the Walmarts all over the place, probably worldwide, or they're in the process of installing them. I have a photograph that I took and talked about on the radio show of my local Walmart that is within walking distance of my house. And when I was standing in line, there was a approximately 55 to 60 inch, that's probably a 55 inch TV, mounted from a pole from the ceiling right by the cash register, and it was a facial recognition system. I could see my face on the monitor with a little square over it or a little white cross saying, I am recognizing your face. And I said, well, son of a gun. And I pulled out my phone and I snapped a copy of it. Well, they to they, since then, they've taken it back down. They were just running tests. But I have the photo. You know, I could have easily gone to that store three days later and that would have been gone. But for some reason, the Lord just happened to send me there the day they were running their test. This was well over a year ago. So, you've got the 2030 date. We know about 2024. We know that... It, I think it's very, very reasonable to estimate that Donald Trump will, in fact, run in 2024, and he will, in fact. But we also know that we have a number, a pretty large number, of visions and dreams from the Lord of Donald Trump being seen in a casket. And I've said many times that um, in 2016, around about February of 2016, Bill Gates, who I don't know, I don't know how you don't upchuck when you look at that entity. I mean, it's very hard for me not to like lose my cookies. That 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 entity, I'm going to call him an entity because I'm pretty sure he is an entity. Um, but you know what? Maybe I'm not. But I, one thing is for sure, there are plenty of lost, loving, kind people that need to get prayer. And I'm not wasting a millisecond of prayer on that. That needs to go into the lake of fire. So does Fauci instead of the whole lot of them. Actually, there needs to be Nuremberg trials right now. But it ain't going to happen. 
It ain't going to happen because the corruption and the hydra of darkness, the global satanic crime syndicate, is so deeply embedded into every single country, including this one. Look at all the Republicans. There were at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least eight major Republicans that screamed bloody murder about Tucker Carlson releasing the, the video footage. And Carlson was on his second program, was very open, and he said, look, these are traitors, and he put their faces up on the screen. So anyway, the infiltration and the infection runs very, very deep. The control grid of the people of the satanic, you know, a global satanic crime syndicate is very, very deep. And if you're not part of the global satanic crime syndicate, you can still get a call in the middle of the night where they tell you that they're going to cut the fingers off of your daughter or kid when they go to school. That's how it works. It's just like watching the movie Goodfellas or, you know, whatever. That is how they work. You don't have to order a box set of The Sopranos to understand how Crime syndicates operate, and they do. That's why Giuliani came forward and said, I can't keep any lawyers on my team. They're threatening their lives. He meant it. He was right. So anyway, you've got that. You've got the 2024 election. We know that Donald Trump is going to run again. We know that the the whole world – the all of the conservative people, which, by the way, outnumber the Democrats substantially, with the exception of the Generation Z and Generation X, who are so self-absorbed that they all they want is somebody to give them free money. They're absolutely – I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. And there's millions and millions of them. Anyway, that's a problem. But – when you look at the numbers of the voters and everything that are out there that are conservative and the Democrats that have flipped and are now voting across party because they're sick to death of what they're seeing happening, which there's a lot of, by the way. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, who was a uh, in Congress for a while publicly came out and told everybody that I am moving from the Democratic public to Democratic Party to the Republican Party. If you were sick of seeing this, 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 and this, please join me. Now, all that being said, Trump enters in I, – I, I put out a fleece to everybody who was listeners of the radio show, and I said, we know that civil war is coming to the United States. It's in the, it's in the Dimitri Dudeman book, Through the Fire Without Burning – it, David Wilkerson saw bits and pieces of it. There was another prophet recently that saw a giant X. My sister sent it to me, a giant X. My sister lives in like two worlds, you know. On one side, she sees the, the, end, the end of the world coming pretty quick. But on the other side, she's old and she's hurting and she's had knee operations and she doesn't want to deal with it. So she prays and prays and prays, please, Father, just let me die in my sleep. You know, she doesn't want to deal with it. And I, I can see, I can, I can empathize with that. I really can, especially the older I get. So anyway, so um, plus she also listens to Seven Mountains people all the time. And, of course, that's going to really distort your reality. So, um, But the problem is she doesn't even know what Seven Mountains is. So she just thinks they're wonderful prophets of the Lord. So anyway, um, 
2024 Trump we see so so you know there's been a lot of discussion about DeSantis running. Supposedly DeSantis made a visit to for some reason or another to Iowa, which is a major you know, they say that if a Republican can't win the state of Iowa, they can't win the election. So it's a, it is like the single biggest battleground state in the United States of America. Well, for some reason, DeSantis is going to Iowa. So, of course, all the speculation is, oh, look, he's already starting his campaign early. Now, of course, Trump calls him names and stuff. DeSantis will not stoop to that level. And it's interesting, he's such a Christian, by the way, that he even blesses Donald Trump while Donald Trump is attacking him and calling him names. That's how Christian he is. Him and his wife are very Christian. I mean, unbelievably Christian. They are overtly Christian. That's why he said to the entire public during the State of Florida, the State of the Union address for Florida, he said, woke is where uh, Florida is where woke comes to die. And he's already put several constitutional amendments in. He's taken away all the privileges from Disney because he wanted to do all that LGBT element of thing in program children and homosexuality. And, and DeSantis said, Baloney. So he went down and he took all of their tax breaks, everything completely away. They are now subject to 100% of the constitutional laws in Florida. Now, let me tell you, that takes more chutzpah than messing with Disney on that level. Boy, if that don't get you shot in the head from a long distance away, you're dealing with some serious darkness and some unbelievable trillion-dollar power. And he just walks right in with the sword of the spirit and says, not in my state. As a matter of fact, I sent a letter to the office of the governor directly to Ron DeSantis the other day to warn him that Fort Myers is about to implement a 15-minute city. And you know what? He answers those emails. Now, he doesn't do it personally. He has a team of people that go through them, and he and they get funneled over to the different departments. But I guarantee you, my email about Fort Myers playing the 15-minute city Klaus Schwab game, that one's going to make it right onto DeSantis' desk. <laughs> I guarantee you it will. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I, you might say, Johnny, why do you do that? Don't you see it's inevitable? I do. I do. Sometimes I just can't help myself. So... um Trump, if we I, – I don't think the people in the United States appreciate the magnitude of the Trump supporters out there, okay? Um, what I'm saying is that uh, it's – it's millions and 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 millions. They're all over the place. When he has a rally, it's uncountable the number of people that are there. The venues cannot hold the overflow. Just remember when you were looking at the Tucker Carlson tapes of J6, which was the total false flag that I was telling people for a year prior to 
I've been telling people that all along. I knew it because I have a video right now that if it was in the hands of a legislator and I could do it without going to jail, they it would blow their mind so bad because Ashley Babbitt is, is a crisis actor. It's all fake. I saw her being carried out in the gurney, and I saw her moving around. They're all yelling, she's dead, she's dead, with her stupid Hollywood blood and baloney and faking everything. And then they're carrying her out on the gurney, and I'm like watching her move around on the gurney. The whole thing is a setup. But Tucker Carlson and a lot of them don't know it yet. If they got a hold of the video I got, they surely would. So we're only seeing a tiny portion of the magnitude of the lie, the setup, the false flag. I may be the only person in the world that has a copy of that video. No, one other person does. Um, he flies around the world and stuff and does talks. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but he better not hang out in the United States and let anybody know he has it. So let me tell you, they'll kill him for it. But anyway... When you understand the magnitude of the numbers of people that are punch drunk about Donald Trump and truly believe with all of their heart because Paula White and all these different Christians, I'm not picking on anybody. I know that everybody out there can can come to the Lord and repent like Benny Hinn did. That was physically seen by Pastor Aaron Wagner when he called me on the phone. He said you would never believe who is on his knees crying his eyes out to God on his knees right beside me right now. And I'm like, who? He's like, Benny Hinn, over prosperity preaching. So that's why we never, never judge. Judge not that ye be judged, because that person can repent, and then you're left holding the bag, and you will be judged. You're not going to skirt by that one. So um, anyway... When you understand the magnitude of the numbers of people that are going to vote in 2024 for Trump, because they're all very aware. See, Republican people, conservative people are conservative. They are not the types normally, under normal circumstances, to get involved and raise a ruckus and march in the streets and all that kind of stuff. Because they tend to be, you know, I know this might sound a little off color, and I don't mean it to, but quite frankly, the Republican type people, the conservative type people, they're intellectually gifted by comparison to the Democratic type people. They really are. Um, Democratic people tend to be very self-centered, looking at out for their own interests. Conservative people tend to look at the broader, the bigger picture. Um, they understand trickle-down economics. They have a better understanding of history. is isn't perfect, but, you know, but they're looking at Donald Trump as literally being anointed by Jesus Christ himself. They really believe it. And I mean they really, 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 really believe it. My sister, who has been wrong, at least I love her. I love her, but I'm help, trying to help as many people as I can by holding her, her belief systems up as an example. Um, and it, she, she, there's nothing that you can say to her that will change her mind. To her, Donald Trump is absolutely anointed by God has literally come down on his uh, on Ezekiel's wheel, shown up at Donald Trump's house, and just like touched him on the shoulders and said, "Oh!" 
And the angel Gabriel descended and said, Thou art my chosen one. That's literally how she thinks of things. I will talk to her, and she will just, you know, no matter what I say to her, doesn't it trouble you, my sister, that every time you've ever sent out a prophecy, it was wrong? And you know what she does? She looks straight at me and says, we'll see. And I'm like, what? You just stepped in 70 piles of dog poop, and you're saying, we'll see? What are we going to see? <laughs> okay? What are we waiting for here? But we'll see is the answer. And like I said, I love her dearly. She's prayed for me when I needed prayer badly. And I praise God for her. But that is the mindset that is out there in the evangelical Christian, Christian world of the United States of Babylon the Great. That is the dominant mindset. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're part of the evangelical Christian-esque groups in the United States. You still have conservative people that are agnostic. You still have conservative people that are atheists. Okay? So when you throw them into the mix, you have a lot, that's a lot of people. And Donald Trump was quoted recently as saying that he is going to obliterate the deep state publicly at the CPAC conference. And the whole place, just it was like a standing ovation. I am going to obliterate this, the deep state. He said, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. I am going to get them all back for what they did to your loved ones with the pandemic, all that. That's what he was saying to them. See, because when Donald Trump released Operation Whatever, he was pretty darn ignorant. He was very gullible, and he was surrounded by reptilians that were controlling him and misleading him, and he made a lot of bad mistakes, bad choices, and people, are, of course, are holding him accountable for it. And I, I understand that. I get, I get the viewpoint, but they just don't understand all the dynamics. Their critical thinking skills are weak, and that's normal. Most people's are. Now, all that being said, I'm not pro-Trump. I'm not pro-anything. I'm only pro-Jesus and pro-our Father, and Jesus and our Father are one. In fact, I have a pen sitting on my desk with a little inscription on it that says, Jesus is our God. So, Trump is going to win the 2024 election. As a matter of fact, he's even publicly stated that he's going to use the tactics that they used to defraud him in 2020. He's going to do the same things that they did, like ballot stuffing and everything else, but he's going to make sure that he does it legally. He's not going to pay mules to go out by the thousands that were tracked by Dinesh D'Souza in his movie 2000 Mules. Nobody watched it. Nobody cared because the media is so deeply controlled. Uh, Goebbels, who was the media lying propagandist, evil minister of information for uh, Hitler, was quoted as saying something along the lines of when you control the media, you control the population. And the first thing they had to take away from them, guess what it was? The right to free speech. 
So now they're referring to what's going on as the censorship industrial complex because they know that the FBI, the CISA, which is a cybersecurity organization, it makes me want to puke because it means that I'm affiliated in my profession with these with this sinister, dark evil. But I have to keep reminding myself, like NASA, everybody wants to call everybody a NASA evil, but that's not how it works. Everybody wants to say that all the Mormons are going to hell, but that's not how it works. There's a hierarchy, and there's a black ops level. Even at, you know, you've got to understand, all the people in the FBI are not bad, just the ones that are in the black ops section that are working for... Well, we'll just call it the deep state because that's the popular term. Trump is going to win the 2024 election, just like I said. I asked people on the radio show, send me emails. Tell me what you think. I want to hear what you think. What do you think is going to cause the civil war in the United States? I told you that there was that one prophet that my sister sent me. Now, the prophet's response to it, to the vision that God gave him, unfortunately, was not ideal. You know, his response was, let's pray it away. You know, it's like, why, why is it that people want to pray away the book of Revelation? Why do people want to pray away Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13? Why don't we have any faith? Why are we so fleshy? I don't, I've never wanted to pray it away. I named, this, I named my web server in 2009, Tribulation Now! And what do I see on my Twitter feed? Some church pastor and author of a book saying, here's the 18 reasons why we're not in the tribulation. I just wanted to go, oh, no, 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 no. Father, forgive him, please. That's the depth of the deception. The deception is so deep that you just can't change the minds. They're made up. So I'm just letting it go. But I wanted to share with you tonight... What just happened to me with this The Baron Trump novels, The Last President, written in 1896, where it actually calls out Trump Tower, calls it Castle Trump, and it says that the person's responsible for the downfall of the American Republic, brought about by the election of a populist president. For years, I have been telling people that my hypothesis, my sanctified estimation of how things are going to go down, is that Trump would go into the next election, become eradicated, we'll say, and when they take him out, you know, and of course, don't forget that Bill Gates in 2016 came forward on, like, Major magazines like People Magazine on the cover saying, Donald Trump reminds me of the next JFK. Really? I don't think there's a person in the entire world of 8 billion people that knew who, know who JFK is that would think of anything other than an assassination by the utterance of his name. You think Bill Gates knows? What kind of satanic ritual ceremonies do you think he does in his mansion? I don't even... I, there's so many... Oh, it's just awful. So anyway... Um, 
Then later, after the pandemic started, Donald Trump did a state of the or not a state of the union. It was a meet. It was a Fox News special, and he had uh, Brett Bear there, and I forget the lady, the blonde-haired lady that he had there. I forget her name. And they were sitting on the opposite side of the Lincoln Memorial, and Trump was sitting on the opposite side of the Lincoln. He was on the left. The Fox News correspondents were on the right. And they had this big, long talking discussion because they wanted to have this big distance because they were trying to be pandemic friendly and all that kind of blah, blah, blah. But they're sitting in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Out of 8 billion people in the world, what is the first thing that pops into the head of anybody who understands American history at all when you say Abraham Lincoln? And if you say anything about the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, your answer is wrong. It's exactly like JFK, one of only two presidents that were assassinated. That is the answer you will get if you ask that question in Australia, New Zealand, any other place. The United Kingdom, they're not going to say anything about the – they're going to say he was assassinated. Was God trying to tell us something? Or was there some sort of Illuminati shape-shifting entity from the bowels of Sheol telling Trump that he needs to do it at the Lincoln Memorial? Or both? So anyway, he'll get – just like I said before, my hypothesis, my – estimation has always been that the Civil War, and I for, forgot to tell you that the one that my sister sent me, the, the guy was given a vision from the Lord. It was definitely from the Lord, and he saw gunpowder in the form of a giant X across the United States. Now, think about the meaning of that. First off, it's gunpowder. What's gunpowder used in? Guns. X across the entire United States means that it is it marks the demise of the country. The country falls. It is no longer the United States anymore because it's X'd out. When you want to remove something on, you know, and you're taking notes, what do you do? You draw an X across it. You X it out. So the gunpowder was in the shape of a giant X that went across the entire United States, and he saw in the vision the fire, the lighting of the gunpowder occurring right in the dead center, in the dead center of the United States. Well, in the book, Through the Fire Without Burning by Dimitri Duneman, he specifically and explicitly states that the Civil War outbreaks in the central part of the United States, and that book was written back in the 80s. Is that a coincidence? The one thing, look, the conservative people in this country and a lot of the Democrats see the country falling right now. They know we were lied to about January 6th at a very minimum. They know that something's up with the pandemic. They know about the Twitter censorship and all and all the, the and the removal of the First Amendment. They know about all that. They see it. And if they're in that bad of denial, I don't know what to say about that except that they need medical attention real bad. So all that being said, 
looking at the whole big picture going all the way back to the 1980s movie 37 years ago called They Live with the elites at the very end of the movie saying 2030 and in aligning to the 2030 date and the facial recognition systems and the ESG global, you know, the credit scoring system they're already using in China and Biden and, 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 and his hunter, uh, you know, having biolabs all over the Ukraine and, Russian, and the Russian Federation trying to rat them out but nobody's even shows up at the United Nations Security Council to listen to what they got to say. They get up and they walk out on them. And look at China. They're totally in bed with Biden and, and, and all the rest of them, really. You think they're not taking in millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in offshore banking accounts from the Chinese? Right now, for being part of the takedown? Why do the Chinese own the vast majority of the state park land in the United States? Why are they buying out so much farmland? Are they going to collect on their debt? Is Red Dawn a prophetic movie? I'm here to tell you it is, as a fact. Whether or not we're going to be here or not to see it happen, I don't know. I hope not. I personally would just love to go home and miss out on seeing thousands of Chinese troops parachuting down into my neighborhood. I think I'll skip that part of the movie if I can. I think I will. I mean, I think I will be able to. I think all of us will. As long as we are seeking the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, loving the Father, praying and begging, the beseeching, and we'll use the Bible word because begging sounds different. It's the same word. It means essentially the same thing. They're essentially synonyms. Beseeching the Father is, is essentially, if you were to pick a, a synonym, it would be like begging. Please, Father, please, Father. And asking him for his help and praising him every day. I, I've got things, I've got an annoying critter in between my walls. It's not, it, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't act like a rodent. And besides, I have so much rodent poison up there, I can't imagine that it, any rodent could live at all up there. They would eventually be tempted to eat some of it and they would die instantly. So I don't know what it is, but there's something rattling my pipes. And it happens in the early morning, which is not a rodent behavior, but it's driving me nuts. And I'm, I'm always like, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you have given us dominion over the animals, and I pray in Jesus' name, kill that animal. Kill it. Remove it. It is your animal. In Jesus' name, remove that animal, whatever it is. It's always right around 4 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I'm sick of it. I want it gone. But you know what I do more than anything? I praise God over and over again because I know he's going to get rid of it. I don't know what it is. And I cannot figure out for the life of me how in the dickens that thing even got inside because I've sealed this house like a tuna can. The only hypothesis I have is the doggy door because sometimes I'm too tired to go down and put the cover over it. And the automatic ones don't work very well and they cost like $1,000 plus installation because I'm not that good at that kind of stuff. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to share this unbelievable book that was written in 1896 that basically says in so many words that Donald Trump is the last president. And then right after that, Brother Boyer, I shouldn't have used his last name, sorry, please forgive me, Jim. Um, Brother Jim 
uh, sends me, and you don't have to worry about it. God's got this. God's in control. No, no, please don't ever forget my testimony about how I was crying my eyes out on my knees because everybody in, everybody I knew, everybody affiliated with this ministry, all my helps, my co-host, everything, even people that, that, were, that I showed up on their shows as a nice thing to do because I was asked as a guest, they turned against me, put up websites to, to try to destroy my job, and oh my goodness gracious, it was just terrible. And I was bawling my eyes out on my knees. I was saying, Father, I'm doomed. I'm going to lose my job. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll never work again. This is horrible. And I'm, I mean, I've got alligator tears pouring down my eyes. I mean, if I, if I was a woman and there was mascara, my whole face would be striped in black. And um and I I got up, you know, sniffing and wiping my nose and my rubbing my eyes of the tears and started to walk out of, of if you've heard this before, please forgive me and bear with me, but it's it, for those who haven't heard it before, it's important for all of us right now, especially. When I got to the door of my bedroom to go in and start my work day, when I pulled that door open, I literally, it wasn't like that thundering waterfall sound that a lot of people say that God's voice sounds like. It wasn't like that. But boy, oh boy, was it just present. It was like, do you know who I am? It was indignant. I was like flip. I was like going, huh? I got a chill down my spine. Let me tell you what. Do you know who I am? I mean, it was clear as can be. And believe you me, you know it's God speaking to you because you're thinking about scrambled eggs. You're thinking about whatever it was you were praying about. You're thinking about what you got to do that day at work. You know, you're thinking about everything else under the sun, but you're not thinking about that. And all of a sudden it's like, do you know who I am? And I froze and had a chill go down my spine like someone threw a bucket of cold ice water on me. And I was, I, then I started crying because I felt guilty. It's like, if your relationship with the Lord is strong, we have nothing to worry about. We're, we are commanded to trust him and let him take care of it. And he's obliged to, he's not a man that he should lie. And the words that are in the Bible are his words. Jesus is the word. Just read the first paragraph of John, the Gospel of John. And the light was, or the darkness was not able to perceive it. The word, and if you look at your weaponry as uh, as your, you know, the 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 uh, Ephesians six ten, you know, the the weapons are, you know, um, you know, the breastplate, the helmet, the feet shod, the whole deal. Well, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, and it even says in Ephesians six ten, the sword of the spirit, which is the word. So essentially, when you pick up a Bible, you are holding a piece of Jesus in your hands. For he is the Word. That's why a lot of people who do deliverance will take a Bible and they will hold it against the chest of the person that's possessed by the demon. And let me tell you something. You want to see a fire show? I've seen it. The demons freak person will start convulsing and flapping all over the place if you take a Bible and put it against their chest. 
praise God. Hey, because I was able to defer the rebooting of my computer, praise God, we actually still have about an hour left. But So let me wrap this up by saying this. For those, I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe you're 75. And maybe you're wondering if you're going to still be here when the barley harvest occurs. Maybe you're praying and you're self-examining yourself. You're repenting all day long. You're in tears before the Father. You spend a couple of hours a day in the secret place of the Most High, which is basically in your prayer closet, close to the Lord, completely immersed in his presence, talking to him, sharing, you know, singing to Jesus. You know, that's the secret place of the Most High. I wish I had more bandwidth in my day to spend more time in the secret place of the Most High. I get frustrated that I have to leave my prayer closet. And sometimes I sleep so badly I can barely, I have to have, I don't know, anyway. It's, anyway, it's, it's a blessing, it's a blessing, it's a blessing to be able to serve God. As, especially when you're as weak and dorked up as I am. Hallelujah. And then once in a while, it's not that I don't get like lots of little mini miracles here and there. They still happen. But the big ones like this Baron Trump novel, The Last President, written in 1896. Come on. And I've told people time and time again, I believe that given the awakenedness, I'm making up that word and I'm allowed to do it because I'm a consultant and then I can charge you more money. Sounds fancier. The awaked, the level of awakenedness that is occurring right now across the United States is, has never been seen before in the history of the world. That's a fact. If I had a dime for every person that I see on my Twitter feed that says, oh, my gosh, there are actually people coming on there and publicly confessing. I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Some of them are Christians. Publicly apologizing to people in millions, in, you know, in large groups, publicly, because they got the whole narrative wrong. So the exposure associated with just the J6 piece, never mind the Twitter, you know, censorship tri- you know, trials and stuff that are taking place, all that stuff is contributing um, to this aw- awakening that's occurring. And when you think of awakenings, it it's tiered. You know, it, let's pretend that Christianity is made up of ten rungs of a ladder instead of the really big ladder. I use for the Amazon jungle analogy. Let's just say it's 10 rungs of a ladder. Well, you've got like super duper miniature teeny weeny baby, baby Christians that basically I'm not going to name any names, but I, some of them are coming to my mind right now. I'm actually seeing them. Um, And they've even written books about how their Christianity is bringing them through all the bad times that the earth is experiencing right now. But I wonder to myself when I read something like that, I I wonder, what does Christianity actually mean to that individual? 
you know, one of them I did some digging on, uh, and I was reading the details about the book, and the person was referring to their Catholic upbringing. And I thought, ah, bingo. Now I already knew what where they were on that ten ladder, that ten rung ladder, as far as their Christianity was concerned. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that as people awaken, they're on all different rungs of the ladder. And then they have to begin their journey up the ladder. And a lot of them won't. They'll stay right where they are because they think that that's what it means to be a Christian. Rung number two. They're going to stay right there. So... When you look at all this stuff put together in a big pile and the fact that every, all these conservative people all, all across the nation are waking up in groves, even the Latinos and such that are coming up from the southern border, they're not all bad. They're just trying to get away from horrible places. If you ever visit a place like the Honduras, let me tell you something. Your life will change. Your life will change. You will not believe that Anyone could live under those conditions. Plywood boxes stacked up on six, seven stories high, and they climb into their plywood boxes with cut-out square windows. No glass, no nothing, no running water, no nothing. Just a box stacked up, plywood boxes stacked up six levels high, and they crawl like monkeys into their little box. Tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of people in the Honduras live that way. And then, you know, I don't know. For someone who's a citizen of heaven that has the heart of Christ, all of it's hard to look at. All of it's hard to think about. All of it's hard to analyze. There's always good. There's always some bad. It's never perfect. No one's ever perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. Except Jesus. So when you put it all together, for, I don't know what ages that you all are. I know some people, and I know what age they are. And they might, they may wonder things like, am I going to be here? You know, they may not, not even agree with the barley harvest. They may just think it's one rapture. They may not even believe in the rapture at all. And that makes me very sad because I really don't think Jesus is going to take anybody that doesn't believe in the rapture. It's not automatic. There are people on my Twitter feed that are Christians that are actually saying, we're leaving any time now. Everybody who's a believer in Jesus is going to get raptured any moment now. Maranatha! And I'm thinking to myself, boy, you got that wrong. 2% maybe. And the rest will be cast into the Great Tribulation as Tribulation Saints with the seal of God on their foreheads so the locusts don't sting them. That would be part of the grape harvest in Revelation 14. You actually see the words grape harvest when you use the NLT and read Revelation 14 and I was like, aha, there it is. Praise God. But anyway, when we look at this, look at your age. I'm looking at my age. It's going to be 61 in five days. We only have the rest of this year and the first 10 months of next year. That's a long time. 
that's a year in March to October. March, April, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Oh, Lord, that's another seven months. Oh, goodness gracious, the Antichrist has a lot of time to screw things up worse. The black walls are going to close in. Oh. May, there's always the possibility that just maybe, just maybe, the barley harvest happens. No, it's got to happen after the Trump thing. It's got to happen after the the removal of Trump. It has to. It's got to happen after the civil war breaks out. It has to because the, the the global financial collapse has to happen. The the dropout of the petrodollar, the loss of everybody's money in the banks. Although that seems to be almost happening right now with the collapse of the two banks that just collapsed today. But I don't want to get too excited because the Lord told me I'm impetuous, which is another way of saying, cool your jets. <laughs> Become Nepho. That's the Greek word. First Thessalonians 5, uh, uh, Titus 2.2, 2, 1 Peter 1.13, and 1 Peter 5.8 uses the word Nepho, N-E-P-H-O. And yes, it's a long E and a long O. In Greek, and it means level-headed. Now, it says the word sober, but that is not what it, that's not what it means. It means level-headed, which is, which is synonymous with the term uh, sober-minded. So if they had actually put into the text sober-minded, then it would have been more equal to the term level-headed, which would have captured the essence of the meaning of the word nepho. We have to keep our act together. And I don't know about you, but knowing what we know, that is a really tall bar. Praise God. <laughs> a really, really tall bar. As a matter of fact, um, the uh, widow lady that uh, her name is Lori, that's going to rent the 10 by 10 downstairs and, I don't know, solar trailer or whatever. She knows the end is right upon us. She's going to help me around the house, which is going to be awesome. Um. And I got to get her cleaned up. There's a few things that she's got to get right, fixed because I don't want to. I don't want to leave her behind. Um, but um, it'll be a mutual blessing, you know, that kind of thing, which will be good. Um, but anyway, she. I told her. I sent her a. Um, I sent her a couple of the videos of them locking down the WalMarts and putting in the facial recognition cameras. <laughs> I, let, let's just put it this way. I will not repeat what came out of her mouth. <laughs> okay. Uh, it went something like this. We are blanked. <laughs> okay. So I, I said to her when I said, well, you know, Lori, I don't know that I would have put it exactly that way. And she said, yeah, 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 you're right. So uh, anyway, we'll have to work on that. I'll have to work on that with her. But anyway, um, praise God. Uh it's 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 amazing that all these things are happening. The black walls are closing in on us so fast. We see all, it's not just a matter of, hey, some of the people in the House of Representatives are awake and aware to these things finally, and maybe some justice will get done. No, it's not going to get done. There's not going to be any justice. The Antichrist will make absolutely sure that there is no not a, not an inkling of justice, and he's surrounded by reptilians. And I don't even know that he is a one himself. And I don't even want to think about the nauseating prospect of Michael running in 2024, which they're starting to kick around now. 
That is just so sickening. Anyway, praise God. So now we're 10 after the hour. I wanted to share all these things with you because if you look at your age and you say to yourself, hmm, because after, let's think, let's, I'm sorry to keep on rambling about this, but it's so exciting to me and I need an uplift. I do. Do you, haven't we, I mean, you know, this could be a regular prayer vigil and I know we haven't done one of our regular prayer vigils in a while, but the prayer vigil introduction does say, um, it does say this night will be to pray together and to share in some biblical mysteries and partake in Holy Communion to honor our King. So the biblical mysteries are also and have been communicated. I did the math, and it turns out that we've been doing the prayer vigil now for over three and one-half years. Can you imagine that? You know, minus the couple that I took off because I was having some sort of nervous breakdown, (laughs) okay, or whatever. But anyway... um, Because I'm impetuous. (laughs) I can see myself going to heaven and Jesus will say, go to your mansion. I'll be there soon. (laughs) Because I need to talk about your impetuousness. (laughs) Okay. And then I get to stew in my little country mansion on the top of a mountain where I've been banished to, you know, with like, like a one room cottage, you know, where I'm pacing back and forth waiting for Jesus to show up and tell me why. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think of these things. I, you know, don't tell me I'm not like borderline nuts because I know I am. I definitely am. Praise God. But anyway, I hope that this has blessed you and encouraged you because if you take a look at your age right now, now granted, you know, if you're like 89 years old or 85 years old or whatever, well, you know, maybe you'll go home. You'll beat me there. All I ask is that you leave a little bit of Thai food on the buffet for me, okay? Don't go picking out because I've heard from testimonies of people taken to heaven that you can eat as much as you want and you will not – your stomach won't pooch out. You're not going to gain any weight. You can just eat and 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 eat. Now, personally, I would think that that would sort of kind of take away – some of the enjoyment of it, you know, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I, I can't, you know, nor n- no eye has seen nor ear hath heard the things that the Lord has, you know, created or put the, for those who love him when we get to heaven. Well, that means to me, since the Bible is the truth and nothing but the truth, then the only way I can interpret the meaning of that scripture is when God took as many people as he has taken to heaven, not the seven mountains people who think they went to heaven but were really in Lucifer's fake heaven, who I used to think were taken to heaven, because I was just, I was I was down on many rungs on the ladder. I was several exits behind where the Lord has brought me now. Many exits. All I knew was that they drew a really big crowd, and I wanted as many people to come to the radio show as possible so I could help them without having any idea what was really going on behind the scenes. Because even the people who are part of the Seven Mountains Mandate group don't even realize that they're in a false, fake heaven set up by Lucifer. And and Paul said, you know, for for even Lucifer, for even Satan himself, uh, you know, uh, changes himself to an angel of light. Well, if if Paul is saying even Satan himself, that implies that bunches of other demons do it just as well. 
That's why God said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in your remembrance and let us contend together. I, even I. In other words, what we should take away from that phrase is that God was telling you something that was like, hey, man, no matter what, you would never have imagined what I'm about to tell you in a million years. That's what we take away from that. I, even I. Get it? See, people don't look at this stuff like that. Uh, I don't know why. And and, and anyway, so it is, look at how close we are. You know, it's one thing to look at them putting the facial recognition systems in Walmart, knowing that the ESG credit score is coming down, know that they're already in the process of converting all of our money into uh, central bank digital currency, knowing that they're going to take our money away from us and we will no longer own our money, even if we are retired and we're living off of Social Security income or some kind of a pension, because all of that money is going to become central banks at digital currency, and everybody will be controlled by the ESG credit score. And those cabinets in the Walmarts will not open when your face shines upon them. They won't open. You'll pull on the cabinet and go, oh, not again. And you'll look at your phone and it'll be red. Because you're driving a car that burns too much gas. Or whatever the reason is they made up. Because it's all satanic control. There's, there's no, we all know that the whole carbon thing is a scam. We all know that plants, all the plants on the earth, what, quadrillions of them? Do you know that they they thrive off of carbon dioxide? The carbon emissions, that's what plants live off of. The entire rainforest thrives. If it wasn't for a carbon emissions, there wouldn't be any CO2 for the plants to take in. This is just how it works. It's part of God's life cycle of the earth. It's how the earth lives. This whole thing is the biggest scam that has ever But We ought to know that. I mean, come on. How dense do you got to be? I've even seen Senate subcommittee hearings where they were hammering John Kerry, who is definitely a reptilian, and saying to him, gee, that's funny. Uh, you're saying that if the carbon uh, uh, level is this many points over, uh, you know, this, and, and then the senator would look at him and say, well, I got scientific data here that indicates that the carbon level is this, and it's been this way for over 400,000 years, and you're trying to tell me that all of a sudden the earth is falling apart because we're three points higher than that? You know, and, and Kerry is just like slithering around like the, like the lizard person he is trying to say stuff to the other senator like, well, you don't really understand. Today is different than it was back then, thousands of years ago. You, don't, you, you just don't really get it. And, I, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, boy, talk about, you know, there's nothing I like to see more than a shape-shifting reptilian shaking in its boots and shifting around in its chair, totally busted with ignorance. I wish they would just arrest them all. But, oh, well, vengeance is God, saith the Lord. We have to, we're commanded to love. We're commanded to love. Praise your holy name. We thank you, Jesus. We are commanded to love. Look at your age. Count the years. Because after the civil unrest, remember that big X of gunpowder. That means that, that means to me 
that when the Civil War breaks out in the United States, all the conservatives that have their guns and stockpiles of guns and boxes of ammunition up to the, you know, entire rooms of their house filled with guns, they're coming out. All the militias with thousands of members, they're going to come out. They already know the FBI is their enemy. And how much more so do they know that the FBI is their enemy? Hmm? Hmm? How much more do you think that they know the FBI is their enemy? All those militias with thousands of men that have been practicing with high-powered rifles and very large magazines and an inexhaustible amount of ammunition. They're all going to come out. And they're not coming out to threaten anybody. They're coming out to shoot them. And we're going to be on our knees praying, residing in the secret place of the Most High. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, please, any one of our Christian brothers and sisters, particularly those who have been duped by Satan, by the Second Amendment in this country, that do not understand, they just misinterpret the Scripture because they have itching ears and they can't explain what is right in front of their own eyes because they're not seeing it. They don't, they actually must imagine in their heart that Jesus would, would do that. Why would Jesus stand before Pontius Pilate and say directly to him, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight, but my kingdom is not from here. I don't understand. How can so many tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands, maybe of pastors out there not be able to see it? Understand. Now, I knew in my heart there was no way that it was okay. I knew it. And so I spent a lot of time, folks. I don't even know how how many weeks that I spent on my knees crying to the Lord to explain it to me. And then he showed it to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It could, if it was a snake, it would have bit me. I'd be like Paul on, the, on Malta, shaking it off my hand. <laughs> I was like, wow, it actually says right there. Why would Jesus tell them to sell their cloaks and get swords if they had swords in the first place, like all the preachers try to tell you? Oh, they had to protect themselves from lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Well, then why did Jesus tell them to sell their cloaks and go get some swords? And then they come back with 13 people standing there with two swords, and Jesus looks at them and goes, that'll be enough. 13 people, two swords. That'll be enough. And it says right in the scripture that the, that the prophecy in Isaiah, I don't think it says in Isaiah, but it says that the prophecy would be fulfilled. And the prophecy that it's referring to is the one that's in Isaiah that says that he will be counted amongst the transgressors. They, Jesus wanted them, wanted them to all get caught in the Garden of Gethsemane and have some swords on them to be counted amongst the transgressors. 
It was a fulfillment. It was just like the donkey ride into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Okay, the, it was a film fulfillment of the prophecy. If you read about Jesus riding the donkey or the burrow or whatever you want to call it into in, into Jerusalem, what what it says when you read that story is that the scripture or that the prophecy may be fulfilled. It says it right there when he went to ride the donkey down into Jerusalem that the prophecy may be fulfilled. Well, it says that in the same scripture where he says, "Go sell your cloaks and go get some swords," and they come back with two swords, and he says, that's enough, because all he needed to do was prove a point, fulfill the scripture, uh, fulfill the prophecy in Isaiah about he will be counted amongst the transgressors, and then when Peter, the impetuous, thank you very much, I'm just like Peter, him and I will get along very well in heaven if I get any personal time with him, Um, but anyway, uh, he slices the ear off of the guy, and Jesus heals the ear and says, you meathead, what did he do that for? No, he didn't say that, but I think that's what he's probably thinking. Who knows? I don't know, but I would have been thinking that. <laughs> like we, I didn't get these two swords for 13 people so you could go in and make us look like a bunch of horses patooties. Praise God. Anyway, on that note, let's do like we did. I don't know why all these prayer vigils are just so full up with supernatural things that the Lord places on my heart. But um, anyway, um, on that note, let's just go ahead and do communion. Praise God. We praise you, Father. We thank you for these revelations. Look at your age. And then also remember that it still may, God, may be God's will that you're here for the barley harvest. But you know what? If you go home early, I don't think you're going to be complaining. Never forget Isaiah 57.1. Spoken of by God our Father. The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart. That merciful men and women are taken away, but no one considers that the righteous are taken away from evil. If, if I lay down in bed tonight with my two boxer puppy dogs beside me, and the Lord says, I'm taking you home tonight, I would fall asleep in complete peace. And then be banished to my tiny little cottage on the top of the mountain. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's enter into communion. Here we go.
Praise God. But you are a holy, I'm sorry, chosen generation. Well, we are holy and chosen. (laughs) A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people but are now the people of God would not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts too, which were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is anything, any virtue that is praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. Matthew 26, 39. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 1 Timothy 3.16 God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, we pray that you will have mercy upon us. I pray, Father, that you will have mercy upon all of us. If any of us needs a course correction, if we have behaviors or feelings in our heart that are not in harmony with your precious and holy, awesome Lord, will correct us, Lord. Correct us, Father, according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies. We ask you not only to blot out all of our transgressions, blot out all of our iniquity, blot out all of our sin, because we confess it before you, Father. We confess it. Our sin is always before us, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Hallelujah. But Father, please, if there is a course correction, a feeling that we have, any resentment, any form of unforgiveness, oh, heaven forbid. Oh, Lord our God, he who loves our soul, Jesus, advocate to the Father on our behalf, we pray. 
correct our course, take us behind the barn. Whatever type of fiery trial that is to try us in order for us to be appropriately refined as the refiners with the refiner's fire and made pure gold. Whatever that is, Father, we pray, please let it happen to us now. Bring us to a place, no matter what it takes, Father, that we are in accordance with in, in accord with your will. That we are pure before you as best as we can. It is your righteousness, not ours, Father. It is the desire in our heart to be holy. Let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, perfecting holiness in the fear of you, Father. We pray, Father, that you will protect us as chicks under your wings. Protect us, Father, by holding us into your hands. Lord Jesus, we commit our soul, our spirit into your hands, into our Father's hands, and we ask you for divine protection, and we ask you, Father, that we will hear that voice in our ear behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the left hand or whenever you turn to the right, Isaiah 30, 21, we praise your name, Father. We need to hear now. Incline thine ear, Father. Do not delay, as Daniel said in, in chapter 9, 24. Let us be anointed by your blessings and always sing praises to your name, spending as much time as we can in the secret place of the Most High. Oh, Lord, our God, you are awesome. Jesus, you are incredible. We want to be in your presence right now, but we also want to feed your sheep and we want to pray for the lost while there is still time. We thank you for the revealing of the things that you have revealed to those that are nothing more than babes, that beseech you, Father God, to correct our course, to refine us so that we do not miss the first fruits, the first watch, our chance to be in your presence and be removed from the darkness, the evil of this world that we can so quickly see those black evil walls moving in against us. But at the same time, Father, if you need us to do more work, to touch more people's lives, to buy more groceries, to pray more fervently for the lost across the world, to pray for angels to enter the dreams and visions of the night, as it says in Job 33, chapters four, or, uh, verses 14 and 15 in the King James, Oh, Lord, Father God, anoint us with your anointing, that we would be re-strengthened, that our... That as it says in Isaiah 40:31, we will mount up with wings of eagles. We will walk and not be weary. We will run and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord, those who serve him. And Father, you know more than, of course, you know how weary your servants have become. We just ask you in Jesus' name to remove all remembrance of our past transgressions from our hearts. Create in us, Lord God, a clean heart. Create in us, Lord God, a renewed mind. And create in us a steadfast spirit. Bring us to a new place in our walk in sanctification that we may please you, please our King, and maybe, just maybe, 
not just be called, but chosen to be a part of your first fruits in the barley harvest. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lodoti, Lodoti thee. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Thank you, Jesus. You were kind, you were just 
Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you personally for this golden bowl of forgiveness that you have given me and helping me to understand why. And I know that no gift is given to any member of the body of Christ without it being for every single member of the body of Jesus Christ. And I praise you, Father, for helping me to understand how important it is that we all share together. For example, the confirmations that I received from Brother Jim tonight, that was, a, that was an ex- perfect example of the execution of the body of Christ, where I was given one little piece of information from another believer, actually, uh, and then spotted spotted it, you know, spotted the, the keywords, and then shared it with another believer who was then given three additional confirmations. And that is the perfect, a perfect example of your execution of the body of Christ and how and why we are not supposed to hold on to things. You know, I hear Christians out there, Father, saying things like, you know, well, I don't feel that the Father has given me permission to reveal this yet. And I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know, Father. I don't believe in that. I don't. I don't see that in your word anywhere. And I praise you for that. And I just want to thank you and praise you for revealing all the things that you have revealed. Yes, it is possible that a whole lot of things. I mean, we've got a year before March of 2024. We've got another seven months on top of that, and then we've got another three more months before Donald Trump would be inaugurated. That's a long, long, long time, and it's enough time for immeasurable, well, let's just say a lot more darkness to surround us, press in upon us, but it is also a long time for you to awaken so many more. And we don't know when the Cascadia subduction zone is going to collapse. We don't know when so many of these other events, you know, the the uh, nuclear missiles getting shot into the Fordow and the base of the mountain in Iran. We don't know when North Korea sinks the United States aircraft carrier and attacks Seoul. We don't know when all so many of these things are going to happen. The explosion and massive eruption of Papacata Petal, the collapse of the Mexican dollar, the chain reaction it'll have potentially leading this country to fall into in a financial, absolute financial collapse, let's put it that way. Not that it isn't in the process, but um, Father, we just thank you. Two quadrillion dollar real estate derivatives market. Wow. <sighs> praise your name. Thank you, Father. We just praise your name. We thank you, Father. Father, We symbolically hold up a golden cup of forgiveness before you as as a royal priesthood that you have deemed us and ordained us to be. And we ask you, Father, please, forgive the peoples of the lands. Uh, Wow, let's let's do this. Father, we're going to ask you to forgive the peoples of all the lands of the earth, all the peoples, hundreds of millions of people that are in the lands of North America. The hundreds of millions of people that are located in the lands of Oceania, Indonesia, Australia, Tasmania, New Zealand, the Solomon Islands, the Papua New Guinea, the South Pacific Islands, 
all the all the nation states in between, Borneo, all of them. Father, we hold up the lands of Asia, Pakistan and India and Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam and Thailand, Nepal, Father, Russia, China, Okinawa, Japan, uh, the Philippines, Taiwan. We hold up all of those people, Father. We hold up the people of the Middle East and Turkey, all the way down to Sudan, all of the countries that surround Israel. We lift up your lands, Father God, your wife, Israel. For Hosea 2.19 says, I will betroth thee. You're so forgiving, Father, for all of us. Father, we hold up the peoples in the lands of Europe, all the way from the western side of Ireland to the far eastern side of the Ukraine, to the far northern side of Norway, to the southern side of Cyprus, and all countries in between. Hundreds of millions of lost people. Father, we hold up the people of Africa, the whole continent of Africa, from Egypt to Morocco, all the way through the Sudan, all the way we, all the way down to, to Johannesburg, South Africa. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for the peoples of the lands of South America as well, from the north to the south to the east to the west, from Venezuela and Colombia all the way down to Paraguay, Uruguay, the southern tip. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for all of the lost peoples of the entire world. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely, unhindered, upon this earth, to come upon people in dreams and visions of the night in the name of Jesus, exactly as your scripture says. For Father, as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and your servant Daniel did in chapter 9, 24, on behalf of Israel, we confess of the sins of the peoples of these lands. We confess of the sins of the peoples of the entire earth. We confess of the sins of the peoples of North America, Oceania, Asia, Europe, Africa, South America, and Central America and the Caribbean. We confess of their sins in Jesus' name before you, for they have sinned very corruptly against thee, Father. We confess on their behalf as a royal priesthood in the mighty name of Jesus, and we pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, please forgive all of the peoples, all 8 billion or whatever the number is now after the pandemic, probably still 8 billion. Uh, Father, we don't know such things. All we are asking you to do is cause miracles to happen in these people's lives, to stagger these blessings and the dispatch of these angels into their dreams and visions when they fall deep asleep, wherever they are in this world, in your perfect timing. We praise you. Father, we thank you because we know that you would want not one to perish. We give you all the glory. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness and high places above, the, above all of the continent, nation, states of the world, all 195 and even the island nations, making it 243. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, forgive them, we pray, for they clearly do not know what they do. Because neither do we. Not really. Father, we pray that you will forgive them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. For we confess of their sins before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. 
in Jesus' name. And we declare and plead with the courts of heaven for an innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to follow, diamond-tipped swords sharp as razor blades to descend upon these entities of darkness and to place them under arrest, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb. We call down fire swords of cherubim and fire of God to burn them in perpetuity in Jesus' name so that they will be made a public spectacle across the demonic ether in accordance with Colossians 2.15 and be utterly disarmed. We pray, Father God, for your best warrior angels to descend upon them by the trillions and wage war against them, such as never been seen since before there was time. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior across the entire world, we command you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, come forth, strong men, come out of them now. We have loosed your legal rights to them. You cannot stay inside. Come out. We declare the holy fire of God to wrap around them in a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit and the thorny hedge of protection that nothing unclean may re-enter their clean-swept house. And we plead, Father God, for an innumerable company, uh, tens of trillions of angels, Father God, to st- uh, warrior angels to descend upon these demons of darkness to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. Let their screams be heard as a public example across all of the demonic or ether in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we plead your blood to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. We need a breakthrough. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for your abundant grace to Crystal River and the living water to flow deep into their heart, to fertilize, to soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with the anointing and our commission given to us in John fifteen sixteen. In Jesus' name, let it bear fruit. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray in in the holy name of Jesus Christ, that you will send an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence, the omnipotent presence, the omnipresent presence of our Lord Jesus into their dreams and visions of the night. Lord Jesus, we ask you, please, if it is all possible, and we know that it is, for with God all things are possible, Matthew nineteen twenty six, that you would lift out your hand to each of them in their dreams and visions and call them by their name. Let them know who you are. Touch them, Lord. We pray for an increase of the remnant bride of Jesus Christ to be far greater than was even planned since before there was time. We pray, Father God, that these prayers glorify you and enable you. Precisely as it says in Matthew or Isaiah 43:25, when you said that even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Let us contend together. You won't remember our sins. And Father, we pray that you will hear these prayers, act upon these prayers, do not delay, and touch millions of people deep in their sleep across this entire world. I thank you, Father, so much for the new confirmation that you have just recently given me posted on Twitter, believe it or not, by a gentleman known as, or going by the handle of, Pray Without Ceasing. As he requotes the quote by Dinesh D'Souza, the author of 2,000 Mules, the author of the movie, 
Muslims by the millions are converting to Christianity. This has never happened before. Given by many of the converts is that they are seeing dreams and visions of Jesus. How much more so, Father, because of your grace and mercy and loving kindness, might you touch the peoples of all the nations in their dreams and their visions. And I thank you, Father, for the dreams and the visions that you have given so many. And we ask you also, please, please, for those who have received such dreams and visions that have not appropriately responded to them, we pray, Lord, please, if you would be so kind to give them more. In Jesus' name we pray and praise your holy name forevermore. Amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous.